Hey everyone, you're here with Matt Para, and this is Why Evangelism Doesn't Work. And this is our episode entitled, Everyone's a Witness. I'm here with my friend, Pastor Justin Tarosian. He is from the land of the free and the home of the brave. <laughs> Amen. United States of America. He's been here now for... A little over a year. Yeah, awesome. And you came here because... Oh, God opened up the door for... Me to work here at uh, the Hamilton Seventh Day Adventist Church, and for my then fiance to work uh, here as a prayer ministry coordinator, and she's now doing evangelism as well. So. so you came here yeah. for a wife. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> God led us both here. Well, yeah, yeah. you could say that. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool. Hey, also, uh, Justin is also one of our three conference evangelists. So he serves as mm -hmm. local church pastor at Hamilton Church, but also he is an evangelist here with us preaching evangelistically throughout the conference. Now, COVID has hindered that a bit, but we've got lots of plans for online evangelism and uh, what we're going to do too once the COVID crisis ends. So, as I said, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, we are talking today about the fact that everyone is a witness. We sometimes, Justin, as church members, look to the pastors and the professionals to do all of our witnessing, to do all of our testifying. And how do you feel about that? You're a pastor. You haven't always been a pastor. You were active in ministry as a church member before you were a pastor. That's right. And you're fired up about sharing God's word. What do you think about that mindset, that way of thinking, mm. where people think, like, I'm just a plumber, I'm just a carpenter, I'm just a whatever, I wasn't trained, uh, I, I can't witness, mm. I can't share. You know, yeah. what's your yeah. first thought on that? Definitely. I mean, I like to tell my church members that, uh, you know, God needs everybody. God needs plumbers. He needs uh, construction workers. He needs teachers. He needs doctors. He needs nurses. Because every single person, every one of us has a sphere of influence that no one else has. Yeah. I tell people as they're in the pew and, and when I preach, I say, you know, God can use you to reach people that it's impossible for me as the pastor of this church to reach. Yes. All of us have different friend circles and connections and our line of work will take us into areas uh, that, you know, a full-time minister will not get to go. And right. so that's why God, his design actually, was for every member to be a minister in serving and sharing the gospel in some form or another. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's funny. I was Bible working in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there was a woman who asked me to take her 12-year-old son out into the community with me to do Bible studies for a couple weeks. And I obliged and went out visiting contacts who had responded to some lead cards out in the Albuquerque community. And I remember we went to this a few doors this day, and we were, like I said, following up lead cards. I was talking with the people. Hey, I'm from Youth for Jesus. This is my friend Tim. And uh, you signed this card, and we're here just to bring you your Bible studies that you requested and to tell you a little bit about the studies, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he, as a kid, probably looked at me as someone who knew what he was doing, right, just because I was willing mm -hmm. to do what I was doing. Uh, and so I looked at him and said in the car on the way to a house, hey, bro, you're going to talk at the next house. Nice. And, and he, <laughs> he resisted, of course. And I said, look, here's the deal. You've been listening to me. You've been watching what I've been doing. And I expect that you're going to just talk to the, to the person. You can talk. We've been talking in the car. You're a pretty smart kid. And it's not going to do you good just to hang out with me all day and, and sit here watching me. And he said, no, well, I'm not going to do it, man. I just can't do it. I said, okay, well, then I'll just knock on the door. <laughs> and then we can just stand there. And, and he's like, okay, fine. I was like, okay, cool, man. Let's see how we go. And I went to this door, knocked on the door. And... 
a lady came to the door and she said, hey, can I help you guys? And I just stood there and <laughs> nice. smiled. And, and the, the young man, he just kind of looked at me and looked at her. And, and she said again the second time, like, hey, can I help you guys? And I just stood there smiling, <laughs> looking at him. And he's looking at me. And then you could just see the realization <laughs> on his face, like, oh, he was serious. <laughs> he wasn't joking. And so he, he started to stutter and to stumble over his words and to try to talk to this lady. And he finally got to this place where he was like, hey, would you just, would you like to study the Bible with us? And she said, I'd love to study the Bible with awesome. you, young man. And mm. I remember like just thinking, yeah, that's it. Mm. She didn't need someone who spoke perfectly. That's it. And you could just see the connection that was developing because she had, she was like a, she was very sympathetic. You mm. could tell. And I, we got to know her over time and she really was a, a kind of a, a very kind of kind-hearted and mm. gentle person, and and maybe if I would have come to the door, and it's like, hey, my name is Matt, 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 and I was like super enthusiastic, and I came off professional, mm. maybe that would have turned her off. Mm. And so that's like to your point, right? She's everyone's different, and some people are not going to be reached by a quote-unquote professional, and sometimes yeah. people are too polished and too professional and too capable, and that can scare other people off it's like it's like jesus became a human so that he could relate to humans That's and right. had he stayed in his divine you know eternal state well then he had to come to earth and who could relate to that yeah like nobody could relate to that but he yeah. becomes a human flesh and blood and so everyone if they witness our reach is going to be greater because like you were saying mm. just absolutely and you know it, it ties in actually to the apostles i mean jesus didn't pick people to be his apostles, you know, yeah. to, to start out in the New Testament church and to really be missionaries to take the gospel uh, all around the world who were all the same, yeah. who were all from the same profession or all the same personality. In fact, interestingly enough, in the Desire of Ages, it says there that, that Jesus was, you know, because he prayed all night in prayer, he spent all night in prayer the night before he chose his disciples. And so God the Father and the Holy Spirit, they guided Jesus to yeah. know who to choose. And it talks about it in Desire of Ages, how their dispositions were different. There couldn't have been a, a more motley crew, so to speak, yeah. than these guys. Yeah. I mean, you had a tax collector. You had a, a zealot. Dude, you know, you had, Simon uh, the Zealot would have <laughs> chopped Matthew's head off <laughs> yeah. if he could have, right? Like <laughs> yeah, the traitor to Israel collecting money from the Jews to give to the Romans. Yeah. And Simon, a zealot, and people, I'm just going to just jump in. People today don't realize that when the Bible says zealot, our modern equivalent would be terrorist. Hmm. Straight up. Like he's hmm. he's like Western democracies have done to the Middle East what Rome did to the Jews. Hmm. Right? And so you've got these like these native peoples that are just like they'll just like suicide bombers, man. They're just like they'll chop your head off. They'll do like a little hmm. video of them killing you. Like they they would terrorize the Romans. That's mm. what a zealot was. Yeah, and, and it wasn't somebody who was just zealous for 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 Judaism. It was someone who was, was like so zealous, politically violent. Oh, politically yeah. violent. They're warriors. Yeah, and Jesus, nonetheless, he includes those he two different people in the same team. And exactly, and the yeah. other twelve. I mean, the rest of the twelve, rather. It's just this this crew that doesn't mix, doesn't blend. Yeah. But. The Lord definitely guided Jesus in that, and the Holy Spirit guided him because as we see them humble themselves and wash each other's feet in the book of Acts, as you know, they, they came together in the upper room and they prayed and they, they made their wrongs against each other right, and they weren't worried about who was the greatest among them, but yeah. they knew Jesus was the greatest. They were submitting themselves 
to him. They were blended together. And I love what uh, what the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4 because it resulted in, uh, in these guys uh, having this experience. Like their witness, the level of the apostles' witness was so powerful mm-hmm. that the religious leaders at the time who told them, hey, don't preach in this name. <laughs> and they beat them, you know, they put them in jail. And then, of course, they... They uh, got out and they they come back to the Jewish leaders and the Jewish leaders actually come back to them. They find them teaching and preaching again. Right. They healed this man miraculously in Jesus' name. And they said, hey, didn't we teach you or tell you strictly not to, to pre- preach in this name and teach in this name? And they say, of course, it is better for us. We must obey God rather than men. But it's powerful. In Acts 4.13, what it says about them, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were uneducated, ordinary men, and that they were fishermen, really. They were astonished, and they took note of these men that they had been with Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the beauty of the normal, average Joe, the fishermen. These guys weren't scholars. They recognized these were just ordinary men, Mm -hmm. but they were extraordinary because they had been with the extraordinary one, and that was Jesus Christ. Dude, that's powerful because that passage gives you... What is the qualification for witnessing? Mm, that's right. Have you been with Jesus? So yeah. if you've been with Jesus, then you have something to say about Jesus and you're a qualified witness. It doesn't mean that you're perfect in everything you say or, you know, whatever, but you definitely can witness. And dude, it's funny because when it says that they perceived that they were uneducated and unlearned men, it's not that they weren't educated. Mm. It's not that they weren't learned. It means according to their standard. Mm. So there was a standard in the days of the apostles. Yeah. And by that standard, they were uneducated. But they weren't uneducated by heaven's standard because mm. they had been with Jesus for three and a half years, receiving the finest education that you could receive mm. because he was the premier soul winner. He was the premier evangelist. He was the premier witness. And so they learned from him and they live with him, and they drew from him knowledge and understanding, mm-hmm. and so they, they can go and witness. And so I think if you're a converted, born-again, Christ-following believer, you can witness, and mm-hmm. you are a witness. That's right. And uh, you should be a witness. And Jesus says um, that we should let our lights shine before men so that they could see our good works and glorify our Father, which Amen. is in heaven, in Matthew 5. And obviously that's talking about, like, your lifestyle, mm-hmm. but it, it, that includes speaking. Like, that includes right. just... Uh, sharing. So check this out. Okay, so I want to just get into a different phase of this conversation. Sure. Um, you and I were talking before we began to record about how there are spiritual gifts. Hmm. According to 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and Romans 12, yeah. uh, the three lists of spiritual gifts uh, that, that God through the Holy Spirit gives to the church for the sake of ministry. Uh, and these gifts are different, right? There's the gift of teaching. I'm just going to randomly name some. Yeah. The gift of teaching prophecy, tongues, miracles, exhortation, discerning of spirits. There's all these various gifts that are in the church. Now, uh, we all don't have all the gifts because it says that he divides, the Holy Spirit divides severally as he wills or he, he, he divides them as he decides, as he yeah. chooses. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, are all prophets, are all apostles? You know, so the inference is, is no, not everybody is a teacher. Not everybody is an evangelist. Right. And so there's there's a difference of, of gifts spiritually. Does this militate against what we're saying? Yeah, because we're question. saying everyone's a witness. Jesus says you're the light of the world. But maybe he doesn't mean we all have to speak for God. Mm. Maybe this just means you have to just live a life of 
of following Jesus in, in whatever your way is. And you never have to speak. You never have to talk or express. It's a good question. And what we find that's amazing to me about these three lists yeah. is that in all three of these, I should say in none of these three, do we find the gift of witnessing. <laughs> the yes. gift of sharing your of talking, faith, the gift of talking or even right. preaching. Yeah, that's not there. No. And, and what's amazing is that, uh, you know, in Matthew 24, 14, Jesus says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then shall the end come. The word witness there is martureo, which doesn't just mean what is proclaimed with the mouth, although that's a very important part. And yeah. you can't be a witness really. Um, in the greatest sense of the term, without sharing your faith verbally. Mm. Uh, although, of course, yes, and I think you and Peter touched on this the other day in the yeah. podcast about, you know, preach the gospel when necessary, yeah. use words. That yeah, he whole... loves that statement. <laughs> he loves that phrase. Yeah. Well, it, it's very true. I think his assessment was, was fair. He was wasn't good. just smashing the phrase. No, he was no, saying he wasn't. There's, there's more to it than that. Right. It, you know, somebody can see you living a great life, but not know that you're a Christian and think you're just a nice Buddhist or Hindu or, right. or Muslim or what have you. Right. Um, and it's necessary for us to, to share our faith and to speak and share our faith. Right. But um, having said that, Matthew 24, 14, that word, it means to be not only one who proclaims your faith with your mouth, yep. but you live it in your life. Yep. And so this is the work that will take the gospel to the entire world. Mm. I think um, a lot of Christians might just say, and I know a lot of Seventh-day Adventists have mentioned to me, you know, Pastor, ah, that's not my gift. Yeah, right. That's not my gift to, to preach or teach or proclaim or to talk for God. I just do other things. Now, God may have given you other gifts right. um, that you use, and you're more of a background supporter for those my who dad are was up like that, front my, my, my dad was that way. He, mm. wouldn't, he was a quiet guy, a Vietnam veteran. Uh, mowed the lawn of the church mm. was wasn't he was the kind of deacon who didn't care if you stayed late he'd just sit there like just uh -huh. a faithful soldier that's awesome. and he was a quiet dude and he didn't talk much so there's there's a lot of honor in that yeah and that's there's nobody should speak against that yeah but still as quiet as my dad was um he would and he should communicate his faith mm. so he he'd sometimes would find out somebody in the community didn't have money mm. so he would send money to them and he'd say this is from the lord jesus christ amen that is awesome. you know, god is watching you from heaven and he loves you mm. and his people have been he told me in his word to give this money to you mm. so he'd speak for jesus in his own you know yeah. vietnam veteran way mm. right that is awesome. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. So, but I don't want to let me lose track because you have church members that say... Yeah, some church members say, well, hey, that's not my gift to, yeah. to speak, to share my faith. I just do these other things. Well, it's not a spiritual gift to talk and to speak for God. It's actually, if God's given you the gift of speech, He wants you to speak for Him. <laughs> yes. It doesn't mean you have to stand up and preach in front of multitudes. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're it, a professional talker. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean you're going to have to lecture in a university, but it does mean God wants to open up opportunities in your day there are people right. who the heavenly right. angels know you're going to come across in your day. They're open to spiritual things. Yep. They have questions about what's going on in the world. And they want to direct you across their path. And if in the morning you yep. say, God, I want to be open to what you want to show me today. <laughs> yes. If you want me to speak for you today to a specific person, make it clear to me, Lord. And give me the courage because yep. you may be fearful to or, or scared to. But it's amazing when you pray that prayer, how many different opportunities start to arise in your week and what God starts to do. Yeah. He just needs us to be open and looking for those opportunities. Yeah. And His Holy Spirit you know, will work to bring those about. So I want to do something with you, Justin. I want to do some role-playing. Okay. Okay. 
And so you're going to be one of those church members, and I'm going to be you. Okay. <laughs> now, not that you would ever do what I'm going to do to you, to your church members, <laughs> but let's just pretend. Let's just, just for the sake of uh, a lesson. So everybody out there who's listening to this podcast, take this for what it is. Okay. I'm just going to try to make it one underlying point. Okay. So don't read too much into how I treat Justin here. Okay. So <laughs> Justin, tell me what your church members tell you. I mean, they can't. You know, it's not all your church members, but a couple yeah, people have told you. I should you say in, your, in, in churches ministry. I've been in in the past. In the past you know, sure. Hamilton is. You know, nobody I, in Hamilton. Had anyone say this. No, 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 of course not. No. But. Uh, Oh yeah, Pastor, great sermon. You know, um, man, my my friend really needs to hear that sermon. Is there an audio copy of that sermon that I could just like? Can you just come come over maybe and tell my friend yeah. what you just preached to me? I'm more than happy to do that. But have you ever considered the fact that God has put you in your friend's life because you're supposed to be the voice to your mm. friend, and maybe He puts you here today in the church to hear the message, not so that I could go out, but rather so that you could go out mm. and share with your friend. That's a good point, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That. So, that's a powerful point, but I don't think I can. Like, I, I just, I can't talk like you. I can't preach like you. That's just not my gift, you It's know? not your gift. Okay, cool. Now, have you ever, just this is a quick thought. Before you were a follower of Jesus, did you ever listen to, like, comedians who told, like, you know, crazy jokes or, like, ungodly or, you know, oh, yeah, profane yeah. jokes? When you, and you laughed and you thought that was funny and, yeah, you enjoyed the time listening to those comedians? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then did you ever so. take any of the jokes that those comedians told and go tell your other friends about them? Yeah, sometimes I did. Yeah. And and did you ever think to yourself that you couldn't tell your friends those dirty jokes because, you know, you didn't have the gift of, of telling dirty jokes? You weren't a professional comedian? Uh, I never thought that, actually. No. So, so why is it that when you were under the service of Satan, you had no qualms about witnessing for the satanic things you would hear from foul-mouthed comedians but now when you're a Christ follower, you have a real big problem, you know, sharing what Jesus has told you through your pastor. Wow, that's a, that's a good point, Pastor. I, I think I needed that rebuke. That was, that was strong. <laughs> that was strong. I hate you. I'm leaving this church. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you, you know, okay, so, okay, we're done with the role playing. Yep. Okay, that was extreme what I just said. Mm. But didn't it, didn't it really bring out a really important truth absolutely so i'm not a weatherman but when i listen to the weatherman on tv and they say some things about the weather guess what i do i go tell my wife hey it's going to be sunny for the next three days it's Mm going to be great i feel perfectly capable of communicating what the weatherman told me i feel perfectly capable communicating what the sports person said about the championship game Mm -hmm. that's on you know the nba championship game and you know like i I watch the sporting event i'm not a professional sports analyst and I'm like, hey, you know, you know, this is what's happening with this team. And, you know, yeah, yeah, we, we, we talk all the time about what we're interested in. And maybe just to be very fair to the person who just thinks to themselves, I can never speak for God. Mm. To be fair to that person and to not be too hard on that person. Mm. I, think, I think we've created a scenario in our church world where we have made people feel that if you're not up mm. to a certain standard, mm. then you don't have the right to speak for God. And I think that's kind of soaked into people's minds. Mm. And, and when a person says, I can't speak for God because I don't have the gift, I don't think that, that they're saying that because they're a coward. I don't think that they're mm. saying that because they don't want to speak for God. I don't think that they're saying that because they're unspiritual and bad. Mm. I think that they're saying that because the world we live in and our church unfortunately, sees everything along vocational lines. Like there's the trained professionals and then there's the dummies. Mm. It's very medieval if you think about it. Like yeah. it's like there's the priestly classes in different areas. And if 
if you're not in those areas, you can't speak on a specific subject. Yeah. But so I just wanted to say, like, I, I'm not trying to be too hard on church members, mm-hmm. but I do want to speak the truth. And I think we can all say amen to the fact that we're all comfortable speaking about what we're passionate mm-hmm. about. And if we're passionate about God, why not just speak about him? Yeah. Like we speak about a friend or the weather or mm-hmm. some, anything we're excited about. We never second guess ourselves. Mm. And of course, sharing Jesus is more consequential and that can kind of bring a little extra pressure. But I think in our minds, if we realize that it's it, that witnessing success is more about what the Holy Spirit is doing in someone else mm. than it is with how well we speak, yeah. then I think we won't worry so much about how well we can or can't speak. We'll realize like if the Spirit of God is in that person's heart speaking some truth, then they're going to hear that, what I say, as, as it's going to resonate with them, you know. Mm. That's exactly right. And, yeah. you know, like you mentioned earlier with your illustration with this young man you took with you to the doors, this teenager, totally. it was actually his stumbling, bumbling, fumbling words that endeared this woman's heart to him. And she said, look, I'll, I'd love to study the Bible with you, young man. That's right. It may be your lack of eloquence that God wants to use to win your friend, because if you listen to some polished preacher, it wouldn't come across the same way. They wouldn't totally. be open to accept it. And, you know, yeah. you touched on yeah. another thing that I should mention as well, like one of my favorite books is Steps to Christ, just a classic and incredibly powerful book. And in Steps to Christ, I can't remember the page offhand. Um, I think it's around 110, but don't uh, don't quote me on it. Um, it says something like this. It says, as no sooner does one give their heart to Christ than they have a desire to make known to others the precious friend that they have found in Jesus. Yeah. So if they're you know, if you do some heart searching and you're just like, you know, I just really don't have any desire to share Christ with anybody, then really get down on your knees and ask, Lord, do I have Christ in my heart? Mm-hmm. Like, am I really in a right relationship with you? Right. Because when you love somebody, you want the world to know, you know? And likewise, yep. when we love God and when He's a meaningful part of our lives, we're going to want, it's like eating a delicious uh, piece of fruit. You know, I was in the Solomon Islands a few years back. We did a mission trip there, Sharissa and the Waitara Church and myself. I flew out from America and did a flying build in uh, in Cookham Church. And we preached an evangelistic series in the evenings and God really blessed. It was a great time. But the pineapple there was like the sweetest pineapple with the lowest acidity. No, no sourness. No sweet sourness. Yeah. No, oh, it was oh, incredible. Yep. And uh, I remember one night I, I stood up and, and I mentioned it in the sermon. I said, you know, you guys have the best pineapple in the world. And the lady who was in charge of the cooks afterward was standing and debriefing or, you know, talking to the cooks. And he's yes. like, ladies, you heard what the pastor said. <laughs> Bring more pineapples. <laughs> so we had like tons of pineapples, heaps. Um, but I, when I ate that pineapple, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And I went around to our group. You've got to. Have you had any pineapple yet? Totally. Oh, you've got to try And you didn't it. even hesitate. No. It was natural, man. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's exactly right. And totally. when we love the Lord, when we've seen Him transform our lives, when we're in a, a loving, saving relationship with Him, a friendship with Him, we'll want to share Him with oh, others so they can experience it as You well. just made me think of something I never thought of before. Oh, man. Okay. We're from America. In America, we are sensitive against sinless perfectionism a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in this country, they're ridiculously sensitive <laughs> towards, about, you know, like yeah. protective against what they perceive to be sinless perfectionism mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not perfectly sure of how everyone means, what everyone means when they say that, but sure, yeah. um, none of us want to in any way be legalistic or have a works-oriented faith. You know, we're Christ followers. We believe in justification by faith. Um, from now until eternity. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Good stuff. But I was thinking that maybe in how we relate to witnessing, 
we're kind of like sinless perfectionists. Hmm. Interesting. Like we think that unless we're sinlessly perfect, hmm. we can't witness. Uh, you know, it's it's yeah. like until you reach this state of eloquence and hmm. perfect articulation and perfect knowledge and understanding, you can't witness. Hmm. And maybe that's because we have a fundamental misunderstanding of what witnessing is. Hmm. Witnessing is just a testifying of what you've seen and heard and felt that's and experienced right. yeah. and enjoyed and been blessed by. Like that's hmm. what your illustration tells me. Yeah. So do you know like the molecular structure of that pineapple? <laughs> like, you know, like, are you a farmer? Not at all. Did you know what it took to kind of bring about that kind of fruit and how hmm. that tastes? No. So you're sitting there listening to a theologian. Say, like, somebody who I like listening to is a guy named Richard Davidson. Um, yeah. I used to really, yeah, really great. like, uh, while he was alive, um, Leslie Harding. He's one of my favorite. He's, uh, yeah, I consider yeah. him a close personal friend mm. that I never met. He's yeah. my, my, my mentor, my teacher in theology. Mm. Yeah, um, And I can just sit there and listen to these dudes, and I'm just listening. And I can close my eyes and my, my mind goes into God's world and I'm floating around with the angels and just these profound thoughts and I'm mm. thinking and I'm comparing what they're saying with the scripture that I know. Yeah. And when I'm finished, man, and the next person I talk to, they're going to get it. <laughs> like they're going to get it. And, and, and they might not get it perfectly, but they're going to get it. But they're not going to get it with because I'm trying to be those theologians. Yeah. They're just going to get it because I love what I've heard. Yeah, and I think it's so cool. And the whole point of witnessing is not to say things perfectly. Mm. It's to say things with perfect intent, mm. with a loving heart and a desire to be a blessing to people and to share with them what's been a blessing to you. Mm. You know absolutely. what I mean? Like it's yeah, like, absolutely. So we're kind of perfectionists, even if theologically we're not perfectionists. <laughs> when it comes to witnessing, we're a little bit like That's perfectionists. That's a good point. So yeah. let's, let's be against perfectionism, both <laughs> theological, yeah. you know, like yeah. stuff in a theological sense, but also in a practical sense ministry sense yeah absolutely and it actually um reminds no, by, the way, me, by the way sorry sure, not to say on. that we shouldn't try our best okay oh no. yeah for sure <laughs> definitely it reminds me what you're saying does remind me of uh the great commission right yeah. like matthew 28 18 to 20 jesus says go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations you know um you know, while he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, mm -hmm. therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yep. and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded unto you. And then he gives this interesting phrase. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And it's not that we have to be perfect, but we're connected with the perfect one. And he tells us, that's why it's called the commission. It's the great, it, otherwise it would be the great mission and he'd send us off on our own. Oh, right. But it's the yeah. co-mission because it's together with him. And interestingly enough, this verse, he says, and lo, I am with you always. That phrase, word. I am, is yeah. he's the great I am. Yeah. He's the one who has life in himself. He's the one who is perfect. And so that's just an encouragement. The self-existent God is with you ever, always. That's exactly right. The source of life. And, you know, and, dude, and what are we trying to witness? Okay, what are we trying? This is a thought. When I witness to a friend, when I share words with someone, is my intention to perfectly educate them? Like, mm. or is it to show them the love and life of God? Mm. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? So I guess what I mean is, is I'm testifying not of my perfect ability, mm. but of the perfect love of God. Yeah. And the yeah. perfect love of God is expressed sometimes by frail and faulty people, mm. which doesn't hinder 
the message of love. Yeah. It may hinder the message of perf- like it, it, like I guess what I'm trying to say is if if I witness quote unquote imperfectly, like in the sense where I don't know everything just right, I am not experienced at speaking or articulating thoughts really well or ordering thoughts really well that 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 in such a way that I can impress people, but there's genuineness in me mm-hmm. and it's love for others and it's an honest love for God and a desire just to share, like a simple-hearted, genuine person, that's what they're going to see. Yeah, true. And what you win people with is what you win them to. That's right. And if you win them to some, like, you know, high-minded, if you win them to just, like, a perfect articulation of something rather than the perfect intention of a sincere heart, hmm. you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I'm not absolutely. articulating that no, perfectly, no. but I think I it's... Follow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a powerful point. Yeah. And, and another thing that I often... Uh, you know, I was talking with a friend um, from Michigan. Actually, he lives in Michigan currently. His name is Wes Peppers. Evangelism yeah. is a, a passion of his as well. And uh, we were talking some years ago about this this mentality that we often have as people. And maybe it comes from growing up in school where we're stuck in classrooms and we have this class and that class and that textbook and that textbook. And we kind of, you know, view our faith and you know, sharing our faith as, in- as one slice of the pie of our lives. But really, what God is saying is He wants our faith and sharing our faith to be like the pie tin that holds everything else together. Right. So instead of isolating our faith that I'm going to go witness or I'm going to go study and do this, He wants us to integrate it into our lives. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, we're, we have a tendency to forget. Hey, every time I go to the supermarket... God wants me to be praying, Lord, if there's someone here who could use a gospel tract on coronavirus or on another topic, um, if there's someone here who who you'd like me to just bump into and randomly have a conversation with, mm-hmm. Lord, uh, may that happen. Yeah. And, you know, this is the way we can instill a missionary spirit in our children as well, yeah. uh, is to say, hey, we're going to this and this, but we're going to the beach. Make it a missionary trip. Pray together mm-hmm. for divine opportunities, divine appointments. And when they come up, Yes. Your kids are going to be like, wow, God answered our prayer. We totally. saw it. You know? Man, that's a good point. And uh, yes. if we integrate our faith into every aspect of our lives, this is what God desires. Not just the, yeah. oh, hey, I'm going to go witness now for this hour of it's the like week. It's like a job. It's like an obligation. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, okay. So for the sake of, we're going to wrap things up here, Justin. And I'm just going to say some closing remarks. And then I'm going to give you a chance to kind of have a last, you know, sure. last, last uh, voice or last message here. But I've got a neighbor named Chris. And he's a really cool guy. He's in the food. His, his business is food distribution. He's a musician. Hmm. He's just a lovely guy. He's got great kids, a beautiful wife. I mean, they're just a great family, and we're happy to be their neighbors. And our sons adore his youngest son, uh, whose name I won't mention, uh, just to protect the innocent. No, <laughs> no. But it, it, so we, he knows I'm a I'm a a church worker. He knows I work for the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and he knows I'm a preacher. Hmm. People figure out that we're Christ followers, that we're Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Yeah. They, they're gonna, they know eventually. Your neighbors eventually know. Your yeah. colleagues eventually know. They eventually know. Now, ask yourself the question, what serves God's purposes better? Me being totally afraid at all times to share anything about what I believe and think? Or me, in a respectful, courteous, and loving way, be free and honest and open in how I express Mm. what I think and what I feel, right? Being diplomatic, yes. Being considerate, yes. Being discerning, 100%. But but being unashamed and Mm. being free to speak and to share 
and to, to say, oh, praise God, you know, or how was your weekend? Man, I was so blessed. I went to church, had the best worship service. It was awesome. Doesn't that speak better for us and for our faith and being like awkward, you know, yeah. and people can see your awkwardness. They see mm-hmm. your discomfort. And I think that sometimes people get a little suspicious, like, what's that religious thing you're always into? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think there needs to be some level of openness mm-hmm. with others about who we are and what we think and what we believe. Um, like I said, you'd be discerning, but I think that's just a way better mm-hmm. witness. I think it's healthy for us. I think it's healthy for others. And yeah, like, Absolutely. why not? And okay, two, two texts I'm going to reference, and then I'm going to give it over to you for the next minute or two, and sure. then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. The Bible says in Revelation 12, they overcome Satan through the blood of the Lamb, mm. through what Jesus has done for us, yes. and through the word of their testimony. Now, I don't think that is trying to say that, like, you testify to yourself, right? <laughs> like, you know, when you go through, and, and when you go to connect this to Revelation 2 and 3, when Jesus is giving his messages to the churches, it, it says, you know, he who overcomes, mm. I'll give him right to sit next to me with my throne. Mm, uh, right. He that overcomes, you know, I'll give him a stone with a new name written in that stone. Mm. And he, he that overcomes, he that overcomes, he that overcomes. And then in Revelation 12, mm. how do you overcome? By the word the, of the testimony. That's right, by the, the blood lamb. of the Lamb yeah. and the word of your testimony. So there's power that you get to access when you give your testimony, overcoming mm. power. It's like you're aligning yourself with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. You're aligning yourself with Jesus. And you speak. You share. You express. And I feel that when people don't express their belief and their faith, it shrinks. It's like mm-hmm. a natural law. It's a, it's a principle of creation mm-hmm. where like it's like you divide the loaves and the fishes and then you have more. You, you cook oil. You, know, you cook bread for the prophet and you get more. Mm-hmm. You share more. You get more faith. You get more joy. And Ellen White says this in Mind, Character, and Personality. She says that that it is a law that words are expressions of thoughts. Mm. She says thoughts also follow words. And if you want deeper faith, more belief, more strength in yourself with God, then be more free in your expression of your faith. That's you know? right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, anyways, that's all I'll say for the yeah. for the sake of time. But yeah, uh, you have the last word, brother. Powerful. Anything you want to say? Closing words. Yeah. Uh, we're all witnesses. Anything else you want to <laughs> say? And I know there's a lot of things you want to say, but we're, we're, we've got a good time frame here. We'll mm. end it. You're the dude. What's yeah, the last just, parting it'll words? Be, it'll be brief, but um, you know, a, a great guy, Dr. Joseph Kidder. Uh, he's got an, an amazing testimony. He was um, he was born and raised in in present-day Nineveh in northern Iraq, and yeah. he was uh, converted to become a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Now he's a professor at Andrews University, and he's done a lot of uh, study into church growth and church health. And uh, I can't remember the statistic exactly, but he shared something like, I'm pretty sure it was over, well over 80% of people who give their lives to Jesus and are converted to become Seventh-day Adventist Christians come in through a connection and friendship with a church member. Okay. And so I guess the closing thought that I want to leave everyone with is the greatest evangelist in the world is you. Amen. It's not the greatest preacher. It's not the greatest, you know, the most eloquent individual. It's not the person with the most powerful testimonies. The greatest evangelist in the world is the local church member who's in the community, who's connected with people through work, uh, who's mingling with people every day. And yes, who may be, you know, fearful to share their faith for the first time or the second time. But I tell you, once you share your faith with somebody who really grabs a hold of it uh, and you realize this was just the link in the chain and God's been leading them for years before this point, before this conversation, Mm -hmm. 
you'll want to be asking God every single day, Lord, who do you want to bring across my path today? Lord, use me. And so just, I think this hopefully will help you get over the idea that the work of saving souls is the pastors and the evangelists. And, you know, we all have our part, but the most irreplaceable part, I believe, is, is you mm-hmm. as a local church member, someone yep. who, who loves the Lord and uh, who wants to share him with others because he's made a transformation in your life. Amen. Amen. God help us to be like Stephen and Philip. Amen. Yes. The deacons That's in the right. early church who testified and witnessed, even though their job was just to distribute food That's and right. money to the widows. But uh, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Justin. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Hanging out with me on uh, All Things Evangelism podcast. This is our series called Why Evangelism Doesn't Work. One of the reasons it doesn't work is that the church family doesn't realize we're all witnesses. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic day. See ya. Take care.